neighbors. Maria. What's up? Very good. This is Annika in Columbia. And Maria in Happy Valley. And we're here to talk to you about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we decide to talk about. We want to get to know you, Bellingham. Both the well-known and not so well-known. We are joined, as always, by our quarantine co-hosts. Now, Annika, do you have any sort of announcement that you want to make to our listeners regarding co-hosts and the number of them? Oh, the number of co-hosts has doubled in my household. So, 30% increase for both of our households. Yes. 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 Pretty significant, (laughs) I would say. Or 50% increase. Yeah. How does math work? Yeah. God. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So we talked last week about a foster doggy, and that foster doggy was a foster fail, and we are now adopting said foster doggy. Foster fail is such an ominous way to put adoption success. I know. (laughs) I agree. Because I didn't know what the term was until we put her on Facebook that we were like, look at our cute foster dog. We love her so much. And everyone was like, foster fail. And I was like, wait, what? Excuse you? Yeah. (laughs) I think she's pretty great. I wouldn't say she's a fail. But she's she's her own sort of derpy potato. Oh, yeah. We have it's derpy central up in here with the doggies. Maybe someday Burrito and and Romy and Tilly can like social distance and see each other like from the windows in our own cars or something yeah well i bet i bet burrito and tilly would get along i don't think yeah. burrito and romy would get along no romy romy has this thing with cats where he wants to hurt them i think yeah so, so i just don't mess with it yeah <laughs> but tilly she's so chill I don't even think she knows the difference between cats and dogs. She doesn't know a lot of things. She's so chill. She's so stupid. She's so... such an angel. She's so cuddly. She's so squishy. You know. And she's so chubby, you can really just hug her with a lot of force. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about, like, crushing her. Like, she's hefty. She can take a little bit of extra squishing. Oh, so great. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys decided to keep her. Yeah, we we are too. How, how's Burrito? He's good. He's enjoying his outside time. He made, it seems like, a new cat friend in the neighborhood. Uh, this cat, I think it might be just like, it's an indoor cat that might be escaping. Uh, because it doesn't have a collar, but we're pretty sure it lives next door. And it doesn't ever go like more than maybe a 15 foot perimeter from that next door apartment. Mm-hmm. But they, they've been hanging out, and Burrito, like, brought her over and introduced me to her, and I passed out some treats, and, you know, so we're excited, and hopefully that relationship is positive going forward. I have a weird cat that just wants to be friends with all the other cats. And because we're not going to get another cat, we've decided we're one one pet household. Uh, it's nice if the neighbors can supply the companionship for us. Yeah. I'm hopeful it turns out better than uh, the confetti fiasco. So, uh, Confetti. Ruler, emperor, conqueror of the upper parking lot. Someday we're going to we're gonna reclaim that territory, but today Until is not then. that day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. So, uh, Maria, what is the hot goss in Bellingham this week? So, something I've been seeing a lot of 
it's like the the resurgence of the um black market bike chop shop it's like one of those halloween town movies where like people lose their socks and it ends up in like this house with lost things do you remember that uh it's like the disney channel halloween town i think okay i i think i get the concept but anyway uh if you lose your bike that's kind of where it's gonna end up basically so what it what is it i'm still kind of confused sort of like um so random thief steals bike brings bike to chop chop bike Mm -hmm. gets chopped up for parts parts get sold money acquired Mm. Math acquired, probably. <laughs> you know, or maybe Yu-Gi-Oh cards or, you know, whatever. They or like buy. Hulu subscriptions. Yeah, Hulu subscriptions. Who are we to say? Yeah. There's not really, unless you can keep your bike inside your house or your garage that closes. I know that it's pretty difficult to keep it safe. Like, I, I had my bike locked up and, and it got stolen from my porch in a nice ish neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of like people wandering around Mm -hmm. like scoping stuff out uh like i think you know if you're downtown there's a lot of like eyes like in a a busier part but we're sort of out of the way so i was surprised but i don't think it's that uncommon it's pretty easy to take a bike apart for for parts and, and sell it for whatever you want that's kind of sad i hope that you know, people don't lose their bikes and that we can help the people in need so that they don't need to steal bikes. Wouldn't that be a wonderful world? Yeah, one day. One day. Yu-Gi-Oh cards for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Universal basic income of Exodias. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. But um, on a on a kind of a better note, so the Lighthouse Base Camp Homeless Center kind of that's moving to the Terra Organic Market downtown. Mm-hmm. And I saw the pictures and it's really nice. They've got like all these outdoor tables spread out. And I just think that's so humane. Like actually just give people a place to be. Like put mm-hmm. tables outside. Let them hang out and socialize and talk to each other. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that's you know, frustrating. We don't want homeless people hanging out on corners or whatever, just like wandering the streets, but we never really like give them a place to be human. And this looks like a really human place to hang out, to mm-hmm. sit in the sun and drink a cup of coffee and talk with your buddy and hang out with your dog or, you know, whatever sort of situation you might be in. Yeah, I agree. I think that's great. Oh, the other thing that's kind of interesting is the neowise comet is visible we looked however it was not visible to us we weren't Mm. able to see it (laughs) but i have seen lots of great pictures online and i figured out by doing a little bit of like star analysis that we were looking in the right place okay like there was there's these three stars that are in a triangle and it's like to the kind of east of that Mm -hmm. it seems so we were looking in the right spot. We just couldn't see it. And maybe we were too close to the city lights or something or just yeah. we all have really bad vision. So it's, it's not like it's not like we completely fucked up. I think that's all I've really got today. But we've got a wonderful interview coming, coming up. Today, our guest is Robert Saracen Blake. Robert is a performer and organizer of the Subdued String Band Jamboree, which is a music festival of 
which is a festival of music and people here in Bellingham. How are you doing, Robert? Oh, I'm very fortunate. I'm 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 feeling just fine. You know, I have plenty to do. I miss my friends at times. I miss my family very deeply. Uh, then you just you know, move through that, and I have plenty of projects I'm working on. And getting ready for the 2020 Subdued String Band Chamboree is consuming a lot of time and energy. So, oh I'm, yeah, I'm feeling fine. That that's great. So, uh, since this is a Bellingham podcast, Robert, what brought you to Bellingham? I moved to Bellingham. I came to college for the same reason that a lot of people smoke pot. All my <laughs> friends were doing it. Uh-huh. So uh, I came to Bellingham because I had a cousin here who was played in bands and worked at the 3B Tavern. And when I was in high school, I came up and I visited her and she invited me to a party. And at that party, I met Patty McMahon and Michael Costello, who uh, neither live in Bellingham anymore, but were definitely Bellingham fixtures at the time and for many years. If you go to the Grand Ave Ale House, you'll see Michael Costello's painting hanging on the wall there and uh so i got invited into the music community right away even before i moved here and so i came up and i i did go to college for a few years but i always the focus was on playing music so i stopped going to college and started playing music full time and i've been doing that since 1998. nice 3b tavern somebody Somebody else worked at the Three B Tavern. Maria, do you remember? Was it Michael, the dog guy? I think it was the dog guy. If you talk to anybody of a certain over a certain age, the Three B Tavern is very well loved and uh, always wistfully spoken of. Yes. Yeah, it's come up several times, and it just seems like such a great spot. I'm sad that I was never able to go to a show there. Don't worry, there'll be things that you're doing that other people won't do later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Since you've been around a while, we would love to know if you have a Bellingham story. So something amusing with a person, place, or thing that other locals would recognize. I have years of Bellingham stories. There's something magical about the Boundary Bay Beer Garden and the summer nights that happen down there. And it really, it feels outside of the confines of an establishment on a summer night when you're down there and there's people hanging out and there's maybe a little scene in the alley of people smoking cigarettes and hanging out there's people spilling out (laughs) um this would have been the 20th summer of myself playing happy hour down at boundary on thursdays so to have a summer without thursdays at boundary feels very weird to me uh, for a long time, Monday nights was the night at Boundary, and there, of course, was a, was a band that came out of that called the Monday Night Project, and other bands played every Monday night at Boundary for a while. It was sort of a rite of passage. Polecat played every Monday night for a while. The Gallus Brothers played every Monday night for a while. Yeah. And it was definitely a great summer way back there at some point where at the end of the show on Monday nights when the Gallus Brothers finished their main set, they would have a waltz-a-thon in the alley and everybody would go in the alley and and people the band would start playing waltzes then anybody would jump in and play a waltz and people would dance waltzing in the alley until the the energy ran out and there was another summer where i maybe it only happened once or twice but my memory was every monday we would pile in cars and all go skinny dipping in lake samish late on monday night oh that's wonderful i'm missing those aspects of the summer i must admit 
Yeah, uh, there's nothing like being out at at one of those beer gardens and, you know, the night just kind of falls away from you. You you realize it's like two in the morning, you've been talking to your friends about something dumb for three hours and (laughs) got a couple beers. Now I'm feeling nostalgic too. Good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So you are a performer. What what do you perform? Like what how do you or can you define that a little bit? I can define it a little bit, you know. Uh I play guitar and sing and tell stories. Okay. And when people ask if I meet some say I meet somebody on the train and they say what do you play? I'll say folk music. And if they want to know a few more questions, I'll say, well, I, I'm in the Bob Dylan school. Mm. And if they want to know more, then I'll say, well, Lou Reed, Arnie DeFranco. And if they want to know, well, what, what do you play, though? What do you do? And I say, well, I play long, wordy storytelling songs. <laughs> and my work is both writing songs and learning songs of my uh, peers and songs of, of the greats that have come before me. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song that you do, like uh, your showstopper, just something that's specifically meaningful to you? I'm really hoping to never stop the show, so I'm very careful to never have a showstopper. Oh, gotcha. I'm just being silly. Uh, my, I'm, it's always a new favorite song. So one thing that's been great about my Gay Get Boundary is that it's weekly. And so in the wintertime, what I do is I tour and I'll go all over the Midwest and the East Coast and Ireland. And later, these last five years, I've gone to Germany. And so I get a lot of playing in the wintertime touring, but in the summer, I'm always home organizing the festival. So it's been great to have this weekly gig. And that gives me a chance to not only do my own songs, but play other people's songs. All to answer your question that my favorite song is always the one I've just learned or just written that I'm excited to play. Hmm. And at the moment, I learned the song by Eric Taylor, who's a great Texas singer-songwriter, called Two Fires. And I played it last week on my live stream show, and I'll probably play it again because it's just been living in my head <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. So uh, a live stream show, does that mean that's something that you're doing online that other people can access? Absolutely, yeah. We, we call it Robert Sears and Blake from the Kitchen Table. And it's a two-hour show. We were on Sundays, but now it's summer, so I've switched to Thursdays. And uh, it's myself and my producer, David Pender-Lofgren, who also is my bandmate. So he does all the tech stuff, and he also plays Bowron with me. And the show is sometimes just the two of us performing, but most times we have a guest who pipes in from their kitchen table uh, from wherever they are. Guests have been from Eugene, from New Orleans, from New York and from Ireland. Yeah. And it's uh, a way of staying connected with my friends across the country, across the world. And it's sort of the idea is that after the gigs, we often end up back at someone's house, sitting around a kitchen table, playing a few more songs. (laughs) And that's where this show picks up. So before we get into questions about the Jamboree, I had one more question. What got you into music? Like, did you play, start playing music at, were you, doing music at a young age or is it something that you started in college what what was that journey kind of like well there were a lot of parties when I was growing up <laughs> and most of the times at some point in the party my dad would get out the guitar and people would clump into the living room and pass around the jug of wine and dad would sing songs and everybody had their favorites you know my my aunt Rody likes Kevin Barry my 
Aunt Rosemary likes the Mendocino lady. There were these songs mm -hmm. that did, didn't even belong to the singer, my father. Really, they belonged to the group. Like there were these rituals we went through, and so I just assumed that what what men did when they grew up was play guitar and sing songs at parties. <laughs> that, that's that what was shown to me, and so that's what I I've done. Coming from a musical family is a, a real gift. My dad also sings and plays guitar, and it's it's special when everybody can get in on something or you find that group of friends and you all have that same song that you sing. You're making me feel a little bit nostalgic all over the place here today, man. Well, I'm a folk singer. That's the job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what inspired the, the subdued string band jamboree? How did that begin? It's a fun, it's a fun memory for me. Yeah. Uh, so I lived in Bellingham for five years when I moved here and I, I did two years. I was a student and I dropped out and though so I was three years existing as a musician and doing whatever I needed to do to make money. And there was a great music scene developing. That's when I started playing Boundary. It was uh, actually Monday nights in 99 into 2000. Uh, and then I moved to Philadelphia. So I was just, it was time to do something different. I'm from, mm -hmm. from Seattle. From, so I moved to Bellingham. It was time to do something different. I moved to the East Coast with some friends. And I, we were going to stay there. We had no idea how long we were going to stay there for real. You know, I was, I unwisely shipped everything I'd ever bought, all these records and books to the East Coast. And then, you know, within a year that was all being shipped back, a lot of it unopened. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you have to be bold when you're young and now, so, you know, it was moving without looking back, but I did come back quite quickly, came back the summer following, I moved back from the fall. So then in the summer of 01, I drove across the country and I got a call from my friends, the band, the sweetheart of the rodeo, and they were playing a festival in Montana, but their bass player couldn't make it. So they asked me if I could be the bass player for the gig and it was not really a festival. It was someone's backyard, but there were four or five bands playing and it was a really good time. And then I got back to Bellingham and there was all these friends and had bands and uh, different genres, but somewhat some sort of through line between it. And I thought, well, we can have a we can have a festival. That's not so hard. We just sat at this one in Montana and uh, let's do it. So within a month's time we organized the first one and there were 10 bands and we had a wonderful time and we didn't stop nice and when was that it's very easy because the first festival was in 01 so it was august of 01 and then we moved to september for a few years because it was the only time we could get access to our site the, that's the demon log show fairgrounds and now this year is the first year, this is the 20th, the first year since the first year that we are not at the Deming Log Show Fairgrounds, because this year the Jamboree is in your backyard. How has the jam? How has the Jamboree changed over the years? Well, the essence we've really attempted, and I believe succeeded in maintaining, is that it's a celebration of the music community in Bellingham. And so... It's grown in length. It was one day. Now it's three days. It's Thursday yeah. night and all day Friday, all day Saturday. But still, 60% of the bands live in Bellingham. Uh, originally, it was all Bellingham. 
but as we've expanded what we do, we've expanded who's who's come. So we've had great opportunities and great visitors from across the, the country and across the world. So there's definitely a national, international component of the Jamboree that did not happen before. And it's longer than it was before. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's more kids than there ever were before. It's I started the festival when I was 23, and it's grown up with me. And all my uh, my peers had families. So all of a sudden, I was organizing a family festival. I, I, I'm really proud of it, but I have I didn't know I was doing that going in. Yeah. So we've made a lot of changes to make that work. We have a, a standing area for kids in front of the stage. I think that's the only time I've seen this, but you know, we have a platform that's two feet up in the ground that kids can stand on and look at the bands. So the front row of the Jamboree is always three to seven-year-old kids. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great. And it's nice that you made it so they wouldn't get like trampled. Exactly. Stamped on. Thank you yeah. for taking that into consideration. Yeah. <laughs> I have been trampled as a, as a 22-year-old woman. <laughs> well, it was, it's been a while since I've been 22, okay. but I, tra- I was trampled when I was 22, so yeah. I appreciate that you took that into the account for the kids. <laughs> I was going to say, Maria, you're 22. I wish. I knew. <laughs> uh, so the, the string band jamboree has been around for a while, and we've also had um, some musicians that have grown out of Bellingham that like have become a little bit bigger. Have you ever brushed shoulders with some of the people that maybe got more uh, attention? Oh, it's impossible to be a Bellingham musician and not have done (laughs) that. One one of the little feathers in my cap, as far as if we're playing the who knows someone famous game. If you look at Death Cab for Cutie recently released their very first, uh, a live recording, their very first concert. And you look at the poster from that concert, and there I am. I, <laughs> this I is kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> That's so cool. Did you know that already? You're, you're no, I, I didn't. I was just, I was just hoping yeah. your answer would have something to do with them. Yeah, I've been a fan for a while. Yeah, they lived down the block. I was uh, that we both. Well, uh, they were on Ellis. I was on Humboldt Street, and oh. oh, this is when they were in the Gladstone House. Exactly. Right. I also lived in the Gladstone okay. House. Okay, right on. <laughs> Oh, the Gladstone House, Maria, is I know, just it keeps like coming up. It's a, it's a wealth of stories. It's not well. I don't know about the Gladstone House actually. It's this, it's on the, Gladstone and it's on the corner of Gladstone and Ellis. And it has stripper poles in the basement. I don't think the stripper poles were there when Death Cab lived there or when Ben Gibbard lived there. They never lived there, friends. Oh no! They, they might have. They performed there. Oh, okay, well. They lived up the street on Ellis, across from the old TV station. Oh. Oh. Okay, but they did perform there, so it's not. They definitely performed there. It wasn't completely a lie. Whoever told us that. And you know, there were four people in Death Cab for Cutie, so Mm -hmm. and and the personnel changed, but it was the Ellis Street House that they recorded their first record in, and it was the Pacer House. Now stick with me, Lucas Hicks. I hope you've heard of. He died a few years ago. He's a Bellingham fixture. Okay. His band was the Gallus Brothers, and Deacon Hicks. Before that, his band was Jill Brazil. But back in this era, the band was Pacer. So they lived on Humboldt huh. Street, two blocks away from where I lived on Humboldt Street. And Death Cab for Cutie was a block over on Ellis. And the very first Death Cab for Cutie show happened in the living room of the Pacer house. And it was myself, 
Death Cab for Cutie and a couple other people. You can see the poster. I actually got an Instagram account when they released this. <laughs> I thought, well, I got to, you know, I got to get on the uh, ride, the, the, the coattails. Got to get on the coattails here. Uh, I have to, and I'll let you know that this thus far has done this fact that I was there for the start of Death Cab for Cutie and $2.50 will buy you a cup of coffee. So huh. it's been been very uh that's a joke to say you know you know we all have our own careers you may know famous people but everybody's on their own path mm-hmm. so that's you know that's that's a fun one then the, uh there's other bellingham bands that have the posies i i opened up the posies a few times back in the 90s when that meant something to <laughs> a lot of people uh well of course josh from well all the bands he's dog shredder and all his bands he was a friend and neighbor and is he he's uh he's also Mar- marissa talked about him maria right mm, yeah i think so okay we yeah, call we a... we called him by you guy and she was like exactly. oh no this is josh and he's done all these things in music and it's like oh yeah it's great guitar player and very accomplished done a bunch of stuff yeah very cool so the I saw on the website the tagline, we're not all there so we can all be here. Is that, just to, before I ask the question, is that just for this year's Jamboree or is that like the tagline for the Jamboree as a whole? That's just the, just this year. Every year we have a motto. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I was I was curious about. So that tagline, what? how did that come about? Does it have anything to do with kind of what's going on in the world right now or is it, what? what brought you to that? Oh, come on now. You know the answer to the question. <laughs> Either you know the answer to the question or the model's not very good. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not gathering anymore, as I'm sure you're, you're, you're experiencing yourself. Yeah, so we, we can't gather. And the reason we're not gathering is because if we do, people will get, get sick and maybe die. And so we're not doing that. And so that's why we're having, or having also what we're calling a tin can jamboree such that we ever, we're going to hold up a, a tin can with a piece of string and then another <laughs> piece of string is going to go to your backyard with the tin yep. can and then you and your housemates your bubble is going to be on the other end of the tin can yeah i've definitely had, i was not so sure i wanted to do anything i mean i i haven't read anna karenina and i would enjoy doing that and i thought that might be a nice way to spend my summer but instead we are creating a whole new jamboree for television yeah. What? Well, what's so? What is the jamboree this year going to specifically like look like? Well, I'm I'm hoping everybody who's listening to your podcast here is making plans on mm-hmm. for August seventh and eighth to be home, yep. to be gathered with the people who are in their pod that they're sharing space with, or maybe have some friends over with some socially physically distanced chairs. <laughs> And they'll be able to listen to the broadcast on the radio or watch it on the screen of their choice. And it's it's going to be all the great music that is the Jamboree. It's going to be nonstop. Uh, we will be having, uh, oh, we have something like 15 acts lined up. Mm-hmm. And strangely, and myself will be the MC. We'll be keeping the show rolling in between bands. And there'll be some circus performers keeping the show rolling. And... You know, strangely, I'm so sorry to interrupt. It's your show. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit strange. Is one of my personal favorites. Okay. I hope if you know when you see him, and and I'll definitely tune into to the Jamboree too because I'm I'm excited to hear some of the local music that you guys have this year. But I used to see Strangely like 
all the time downtown and he hasn't been downtown in a while, at least not that I've seen. And so I was wondering if he if he moved to a different city or something, but I'm happy he's still around. He's been, you know, last five, ten years, he's been traveling a bunch and getting all over the world. And he's into the fringe festivals. And so he's doing his thing in different places, but Bellingham is definitely his home. He's a fixture of the Jamboree. Uh, he plays a few roles at the Jamboree. And one thing, as a performer, he always closes out Saturday night in our late night tent. He plays the last slot, which is only supposed to be a 25 minute show, but sometimes he goes for two hours. <laughs> And it's, you know, some people that's, it's always really special. Some people that's their highlight of the Jamboree and they, they come to the Jamboree just for that. Um, so he, he and I will be taking turns being the MC throughout the broadcast. Very cool. So in the past we would buy tickets to, to go to the Jamboree. What about this year? Like how, how can, how can others offer their like, financial support to the Jamboree this year if they're not going to a physical spot? Well, I'm just crazy enough to be selling tickets to a free event. <sighs> okay, so cool. You have various options. When you go to the website, you can buy a ticket, and that ticket uh, will be mailed to you, and you can look at it, and you can use it as a bookmark, and you can uh, just be happy knowing that you're keeping the Jamboree alive. Yes, Awesome. We have our annual expenses. The bands are being paid. The film crew is being paid. I'm taking a great gamble that the audience will pay for a free show. And I believe the people will because I, I can see that over the years, the Jamboree has become important to a lot of people beyond myself, beyond the musicians. And yeah. so we're selling tickets to a free event. And, you know, the, so it's sort of a, well, let's see how this goes. And definitely not a business model that uh, I thought I would be getting into. But yeah. every contribution is welcome, of course, keeps us going. And we've really expanded our merchandising this year. So we always have new art. We have an original logo and original illustrations every year. And that's what goes into the T-shirts and the hoodies and bandanas. But in addition to the new stuff and the new art for 2020, we are for the first time having throwback art. There's some things we've made in the past that people really wish they'd been able to get before they ran out. So we're making some hats that we made in 2012 with the artwork from Devin Champlin, who plays in the Sons of Rainier and also under his own name. A, De a Bellingham fixture, Jamboree fixture. He drew some really great illustrations back in 2012 when we made these. It's a banjo with two legs. And mm. that's the hat doesn't even has no words on it. You Unless you know, you don't know that <laughs> it's a Jamboree hat. And they quickly sold out and we decided to bring them back this year along with this really cool mermaid illustration that we had from 2014. Ooh. Yeah, very cool. So I really hope people order some clothing and, and that we're, we're, we'd never have had it online before. Uh, uh, online shopping is not something I'm passionate about, but it's something that <laughs> has evolved here. And we wanted people to be able to have the Jamboree t-shirts and hats and such for Jamboree weekend. Very so cool. it's on sale now and we're going to have some pickup locations and people can have it shipped to them as well. Well, we will definitely put the word out that, that – this is something that is, we don't even have to leave our homes, but you can still financially support a Bellingham, uh, uh, Maria, what's the word? Like a project. Yeah. 
we we started calling it a community art project. Oh, community it's, it's art project. It's a music festival, that. but once you when you come to the jamboree, it's beyond the music. The 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 illustrations on the poster, the decorations that the de that the decoration team makes, uh, the way food is organized for a lot of people. We can't do a lot of that this year, but it we've it's a music festival that's grown into a community art project. So, is there any um, final thoughts that you want to get out to our listeners, or any words of wisdom that you want to put into the universe before we move into our last segment? Oh, well, I just kind of feel like Jay Inslee, you know? <laughs> Wear a mask and wash your hands. Yeah, I mean, that's really the golden ticket right there. <laughs> but so I suppose anybody could say that. What you're asking me is, what do I have to say? Yeah. Which, which is, engage in your human side as much as possible. We Suffering is not mandatory. Distance is mandatory. Suffering is optional. Create joy within the new constraints. I love that. Yes, there is little nuggets of of goodness in that you can find in even tough situations like these. Which, uh, on that positive note, uh, segues us perfectly into our final segment, which is local treasures. In this segment, we do a roundtable sharing of something we ate, drank, or otherwise consumed recently that fills us with local pride. Do you have something that you've enjoyed recently from someone local, Robert? I do. Uh, I I got dessert to go from Boundary Bay, strawberry shortcake. I wasn't oh planning God. on it, but it happened, and I needed some dessert. And I, Boundary was making pies. I went by for pie. They didn't have pie, but they had strawberry shortcake with fresh strawberries. This is the season for strawberries. We are a fruit capital of the of the country, maybe. I don't know about the world, but definitely we grow strawberries and raspberries, blueberries here in Whatcom County. They need to be celebrated. And Boundary had a fantastic dessert. I I also picked up like a half pallet of strawberries at the Hagen and have just been munching on them constantly. Nice. It's, it is. It really is the season for it. They are so good right now. And they look like beautiful little jewels. Mm -hmm. oh, like, those like those ugly strawberries that are like white in the middle, like off season from it's who knows where. A drag, you can't you eat. Know? can't even. Yeah. But yes. Oh. Now I now I know that um, Boundary Bay is doing shortcakes, which is like my favorite dessert. I will definitely have to go pick some up. Okay. What about you, Annika? What's your pick this week? This last week, I got Sage Against the Machine. I got their like nachos. Ooh. And they were delicious. And they have like a faux cheese that, I mean, I love cheese. I love real cheese. Vegan cheese. Sometimes it's like hit or miss. But they, they did a good job. It was it was delicious. Yes, it sounds delicious. And and I really like everything they have there. And you can usually find them over by, like, Menace, I think, if anybody wants to go check them out. Um, this week, I have really enjoyed the, um, the fried chicken sandwich from Culture Cafe at Kombucha Town is, like, mind-blowingly good in a way that you wouldn't expect. It's, like, earth-shatteringly crunchy. And it's got this really good honey mustard sauce. And it was only seven dollars. Okay. Brandon, Brandon and my mind were were like blown. We didn't because you know that it's kombucha town. It's not like the chicken place. <laughs> you want like some fried chicken? You're not like oh let's go to the kombucha bar. Yeah. No. Head over to the kombucha bar or they're on Postmates now. 
it won't be like warm if you get it from Postmates, but it was still really good, like room temperature, because you know it's got like the twenty minute delivery thing for it. But yeah, I was so impressed, and we will definitely be ordering again from them soon. So, uh, Robert, we want to say thank you so much for coming and being on our show and sharing all this and great information about your life and the subdued string band jamboree. And we hope that that connects uh, with our listeners and they can find you and enjoy your wonderful local music art project that you're putting together for everybody in town. Thank you so much for taking an interest and for boosting the community. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. All right. And, and I also hope that for our listeners that already participate in the, the jamboree and also the music scene in Bellingham, that you know, they, got, they got to know a little bit more about you because that was, that was something I didn't know. I didn't know about, about who you are. Well, so, since, since we're doing this all via phone, when, when the world opens up again, come and introduce yourself so I get to meet you in person. We oh. we definitely will. You know, one of the best things about doing this podcast, probably, like you were saying, uh, being in the, the music community is getting to meet so many wonderful people and sharing stories and, and interests and cold glass of beer a lot of time. So you will definitely see us around. Sounds yes. good. All right. So on that note, we want to thank uh, Jeff Figley for doing our music, Annika for doing our editing. You can find us on most social media at, at Subdued podcast or city of subdued podcast and we're going to leave you all with a big stay healthy bellingham a little more subdued maria please stay healthy